0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at yp sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. YorkshirePost.co.uk. As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Um, so this week we'll be looking at the Janu- January transfer window, uh, the ins, the outs, and what it could mean for our local teams. Um, we'll start this week actually in uh, in League 2 uh, and uh, Bradford City. Uh, a number of loan signings, including Dion Pereira from Luton, uh, but it, uh, have come in f- uh, for for Bradford. Uh, but given their home defeat to Crawley Town and a scrappy 1-all draw at Leighton Orient, is this going to be enough uh, for a realistic push for the playoffs? Well,
1: they've left themselves a lot to do um, with their with their first out for the season, and, and it's pretty clear that the fans are losing a bit of patience with uh, with Derek Adams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the pressure is is certainly on as It you know usually is for for clubs of uh, clubs of. of Bradford size in League Two. Obviously, there aren't any others at the moment. But um, yeah, you know, at, at least, at least he can say, you know, w- with the with the changes that he's made, that you know he's put, he's Derek Adams has put his imprint on on this team. So he'll, he'll stand them for by his own decisions. I mean, I was, a, I must admit, I was a bit surprised by um, by now, Canavan. Uh, leaving the club on uh, on deadline day evening didn't really see that one coming and uh, and, and no uh, no defensive player into in to replace him he's obviously um, he's obviously shuffle the pack with regards to goalkeepers mm. uh, and um, you know and he' he's, he's certainly uh, he certainly brought in lots of the lots of the attacking players he, he wants I mean one of the one of the sort of Problems that that um, that Bradford sort of constantly have at the, at the moment is that just from window to window it just feels like there's there's a, a big overhaul of the club. You know, we, we we see lots of signings in 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 most of the windows, and and often you know we're seeing changes of manager too. You know, they really need to get to the stage where where they get a bit of stability, but obviously. Um, Adams didn't feel he had the squad to to do what he wanted, i.e., get promotion, and, and you know the league table back that up. Um, it's you know it's it's just down to him now. I so say there's, there's no excuses really. Yeah. He's uh, he's brought in what I think it was eight eight players, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he's put his stamp all over it. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced they can they can do it from here. But um, if they if they can't, then you know a manager with a, a track record of winning promotions, you know, can't complain about uh, a lack of backing from the board. That's for sure.
0: No, I mean, I, I totally get where you are uh, coming from, Stuart. Because, um, like you said, he's got about he's brought in about eight different players. Okay, the majority of them have been on loan, um, which I don't know whether that shows. The, the sort of intent that Bradford and Derek Adams have got but like you said he, by bringing in all those players he can't complain um, that or he can't say that he hasn't been given the full backing of the um, of the board
1: mm, yeah yeah um, yeah it's, it's down to him now you I mean, it's down to him in terms of picking the right combinations, you know, motivating these players and, and getting the best out of them. And, and as I said, he, you know, he is a manager proven at this level. But um, it does show you, you know, the season Bradford are having, you know, despite despite all this backing in terms of, you know, signing a lot of players in the summer, signed a lot of players now. It it is a difficult difficult club to um, to get up and running. Well, once they are up and running, then, you know, momentum's very easy to uh, to get going. But Bradford just haven't got to that stage yet. So, hope you know, they'll be hoping this January transfer window can do that for them. But th- they're certainly one club Who's come out of it with the mood of the fans, you know, really, really downbeat at the moment. I think I think sometimes you look for a transfer window as much as anything to just to just lift the mood of the place,
0: and that that certainly hasn't happened at Bradford. Mm, definitely. And uh, next, we turn our attention to Harrogate Town. Um, Harrogate Town have been able to bring or welcome back Mark Beck and Jack Diamond uh, after loan spells, uh, and have brought in other others on loan. Um, the 3-0 loss away at Stevenage didn't help their playoff hopes and although they managed a, a creditable uh, goalless draw at home to Mansfield they have now only one win in the last six games and sitting 14th they need, I mean, in my eyes they need a rapid return to their uh, early season form if this season isn't to fizzle out do, do you think that's that's fair Stuart? Um, well, I I think it is on one
1: level, but I think you know we've got to remember who they are and where they've come from. You know, this is only their second second season of league football. I think, I think you know, a top half finish is very achievable, and I think a top half finish would represent a good season. It's just that they had such a good start; it had people, you know, understandably dreaming about promotion. But I, I think, I think if you look at it in the cold light
0: of day, I think it's just about. Continually making steps forward
1: for this club, and you know Simon Weaver's come across as very frustrated in some of his very frustrated in some of his post match comments this season, uh, and he appears to have a have had a bit of a bit of a rethink this January. You know he's he's he switched the formation to to three four three, having pr- been pretty solidly a four four two man through most of his. Uh, most of his time at Weatherby Road, so the, the, there's clearly a, a, a bit of a rethink. But you know, he's made some significant changes. You, you mentioned it's mainly loans, but you know, the legs come in permanently as well. Mm. I think getting Jack, Jack Diamond back was was huge. I mean, uh, mentioned it a couple of times on this podcast. In the past, how important that was going to be because that's that's one area of the field that was looking looking pretty good. And when uh, when Sunderland recalled him, obviously because of the COVID. Um, issues at, at the stadium like that—that that was a bit of a worry. But um, yeah, I think I think I think for Simon Weaver, it's, it's just a case of, of of trying to find the right formula so that they can they can go into next season hitting the ground running, really. Mm. Um, and I say I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't personally I wouldn't be too frustrated if they missed out on the playoffs because for all that they started so well. As I said, you, you've you've kind of got to look at things. In the round, and this is this is a club, this is a manager, and this is you know, in, in the case of large parts of the, the squad, players who are still uh, learning about what life's like in League Two and, and getting to grips with it. And you say when when they see how you know Bradford, with all their resources, are you know struggling to to get promotion. You know, I, I think uh, I think it's just a case of, as I say, just l- looking for progress.
0: And um, looking to be better again next season, really. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, Doncaster Rovers now, um, who have been concentrating on replacing players whose loans have ended with, uh, well, but basically replacing those um, whose whose loans have ended with others with others coming in on loan as well, um, as a number of free transfers as well, um, not just uh, loanees. Um the remain bottom of league won eleven points from safety after a 3 1 home defeat to Plymouth Argyle, followed unfortunately by a 5 0 thrashing at the hands of Rotherham. Um is there any hope of escape for, for them at this point, Stuart?
1: Well, I think um I think that the transfer window, I you mean, know, as I mentioned in the opposite with regard to Bradford, I think the transfer window just sort of um raised a bit of optimism really i think um you know i, I think Doncaster fans have being quite critical of you know the lack of support that the the board has, has given managers in recent years and you know i mean the reality is they've, they've they've had to work within the financial constraints of uh of COVID and that's why as you say all the, all the signings they've made in keeping with a lot of clubs uh have been all free transfers and and loans this month. Um but I think the fact I think the fact that they, they made seven signings and, and, and again this is something Leon and I have talked about and colleague okay. Leon w- Wapshaw wrote a, a good piece about it the other week, comparing comparing how Doncaster have given it a go in the transfer market to how Barnsley had pretty much Certainly before deadline day, just sort of sat back and let things happen. So, I think there was a bit of positivity in there. I think you know there were there are a couple of signings to get get people excited. You know, to, to Rio Griffiths is a player with a a good a good pedigree, a very little senior football, but good pedigree. They signed him from Leon. You know, we, we know in Yorkshire what what Adam Clayton's uh, like a, like as a player. Um, but I was I was at the um, at the Rotherham game this week, and that really punctured the mood. You know, they were comprehensively outplayed. I mean, five five nil flattered them, to be frank. Mm. Uh, and they really did look look a, a long way short. So, I do think I do think they've got a lot to do to to get out of it. I mean, I, I think when we talked going into the window, I was saying that they they really needed experience and leadership, but. I think they found, which is no great surprise, that it was hard to get on the budget they were working at, and yeah. therefore, you know, the, the seven players they've signed, you know, Kieran Agard and Adam Clayton, both bring that experience. Rio Griffiths is only 21, I think, but he was he was captain of Leon B, so that kind of points to leadership qualities. Um, but but five of those seven are, are firmly in the inexperienced, you know, ones for the future yeah. category, uh, and I just. I just don't think that's that's quite what they need. I think I think they you know they got a few of those those players already, but you know perhaps they've got them in you know with with a view to a view to next season and and to you know a team that can develop yeah. more than likely from from League Two. You know, cause, I mean one good thing from their perspective is you know the likes of Clayton, the likes of Griffiths. Have not just signed on short-term deals to the end of the season; they've signed beyond that. So the the club is clearly trying to trying to build something, but I'm mm-hmm. just not sure that they can get the short-term results that they need um, to to get out of relegation trouble. But I, I think to to be brutally honest, I think obviously it, you know it's important that Doncaster stay up, but I think more important in some ways is just how they finish the season. If they if they Go down, but go down with a fight. I think that I think that at least is something to to build on because mm. um, you know you you saw how they how they just let last season just disappear with an absolute whimper, yeah. and it and it really had a knock on effect to this season. I think that like Harrogate, but in a, in a very different way. I think I think it's almost about teeing up next season and and hopefully you know that that can be in league 1 but more likely that's going to be in league 2 I think
0: yeah i mean i, I can see where you're coming from because it's it's sort of that hangover effect that they really need to avoid um mm, next exactly. season um if they do go down because to to start a season on in a bad mood can very easily set the tone for the, for the rest of the season which at this stage, the, the Doncaster Rovers faithful just really don't need. Well, it just means, again, you know, as as I said with Bradford,
1: it, it just means they'll be ripping it up and starting again. And that's that's really what you want to get away from. But, of course, you can't get into that. Stable position until you've got something to work with in the first place. It's not very well. Well, a good saying, you know, don't start managers, don't change the team, but that's it's not a very good idea if you've not got a good team or you've not got a good manager. You've got to get to that that, that base camp in the in the first place, and
0: I think that's I think that's the that's the thing for Doncaster now. Mm, definitely. And uh, turning to Rotherham now, um, who have recently well, they, they released Curtis Tilt and Kieran Sadler and brought in uh, Jordi Ose-Tutu from Arsenal on loan. Um, And after successive away wins, Rotherham find themselves three points clear at the top of League One, uh, albeit having played two games more than nearest rivals Wigan. Um, Things are looking good for Paul Warren's team, uh, wouldn't you say?
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, they have got those foundations we're talking about and, and that's a great luxury to have in a transfer window because it means you don't have to do very much. You know, the the the, the biggest thing for Paul Warren really was was just keeping that squad together and, you know, he's just made, made little, little tweaks. Obviously, Curtis Tilt went out but he'd been on loan in the first part of the season. Kieran Sadler went out but he hadn't played a great deal so it wasn't a massive chunk out of the team. I think I think the the big thing going forward will be uh, whether they well regrets not the word because they didn't have the option but whether they whether they look back and, and wish that Freddie Ladipo had moved on or whether they, whether he now really knuckles down and uh, you yeah. know and has a good second half of the season because put in a transfer request early in the window and you know that sort of thing can just Sully slightly the dressing room mood, so you know we hope that's not the case. Obviously, he, he knows he's at Rotherham from now until the end of the season. It's in everyone's best interest that he gets his head down, mm. and just um produces the the best he can to, you know, pr- quite pr- quite probably get himself a move in the in the summer. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's important he just he just buys back into the, into that mentality. But yeah, in terms of I'll say 2-2. Two, two. I mean, Paul Warren was talking after the Doncaster game about how he just wanted the option to rest uh, Gio Ogbena, who's been an outstanding player for Rotherham uh, this season, just a, a little bit more often. Talked about the, the pace he brings to the side, said he was quicker than Ogbena, which is a pretty uh, pretty impressive thing to say about anybody. And, uh, you know, having, him, having brought in uh, Georgie Kelly as well, he's got an extra extra option up front, so yeah, I think I think a, a, a good transfer window for Rotherham, there are some clubs for whom you can say, not doing very much represents a good window, and and, and this year, um, that's the case for Rotherham. Mm.
0: Yeah, you're right. And um, next, we have Sheffield Wednesday, um, the Owls have focused on bringing in uh, loanies as well, <laughs> until the end of the season, with three players being brought to, to Hillsborough. Uh, following good wins against Ipswich and Morecambe, they sit four points outside the playoffs. Um, in spite of Darren Moore <laughs> testing positive uh, again for COVID, unfortunately, um, has he been able to turn things around at the club? Well, I suppose it, uh,
1: first thing, just say, um, get well soon to Darren, because he uh, hmm. had a horrible, horrible bout of uh, of COVID last season, by all accounts. And certainly, yeah, uh, Certainly upsetting to see he's caught it again. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully this time it's uh, it's a much uh, much gentler bout, and we and we see him back again soon. But yeah, in terms in terms of the health of his squad, um, I mean, poss- possibly being left a little bit light in midfield by um, circumstances as much as anything. They obviously lost Dennis Adeniran de- a to injury late in the window, and then very late on deadline day. uh Middlesbrough recalled um, Lewis Wing and um, and sent him out out permanently to Wickham Wanderers. So that just has left them a little bit a little bit light in midfield. You know, it obviously happened happened too late to to get a replacement in. Although you know we sort of had suspicions during the day that he might be going elsewhere. But I guess that's the issue. I mean, you know, you mentioned a few times already about how. How dependent clubs have been on loans, and that's that 's kind of the reality of life at the moment for for football league clubs, particularly in a in a pandemic but you know the the, the flip side of it is when you when you are borrowing other people 's players you don 't have so much say about what happens to them and that that's certainly bitten Wednesday in this window, not just with Lewis wing but with Theo Corbino being taken away from them and and, and sent to a to a rival in Milton Keynes Dons, um, yeah, I mean, brought in Harley Dean and he, he got injured uh, within uh, within within eight minutes, I think it was of his uh, of, uh, of the game in midweek. Brought in Tyrese John Jules, who is a player who did well for um, for more at Doncaster, but he's not really he's not really an out and out number nine. There's there's not many of them coming through the modern academies, and he's, he's kind of. He's kind of somewhere between a nine and a ten. I feel like had they been able to get a, a proper nine in the way that you know Lewis Gregory is, I, th- I think that would have been a, a big help and taken a bit of the um, a bit of the strain off him. But I suppose after they made, I think it was fourteen signings, wasn't it? It's in the, in the summer. It was always going to be a limit to what they could. What they could do this year. I mean, let's not forget they're in League One because they've spent too much in the past. That's the, that's that's the reality of it. Um, So I guess it's just a case of of getting the most out of what they have. And I think it's going to be touch and go for them as to whether they, whether they make the playoffs or or not. But Um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to uh, to Darren Moore just coaching the most out of out of
0: what he's got now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Next, we head to the Championship and Barnsley. um, With their fate pretty much sealed, uh, the Tykes uh, were able to bring in two loan signings uh, on deadline day, um, but they've also seen three players exit the club. And with another defeat at this time at the hands of Bournemouth, would you say that they've pretty much thrown in the towel, Stuart? I
1: think it's been a very... um... Underwhelming transfer window from Barnsley, Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed it seemed as though they didn't even realise the transfer window was open until the very last minute. With the with the, the lack of activity, I mean, the, the the board have made great play about the fact that they've um, they've kept hold of their best players, which is you know obviously important. They, they did lose Toby Civic but but that apart, they were talking about how many bids they they batted away. But you know, the league table told you that the, the squad as it is wasn't good enough and, and needed more and you know the message all throughout Marcus Shop's time as coach was we need more experience in midfield you know for, for, all, that, for all that results might have discredited him slightly he was absolutely right they, they've never uh, replaced Alex Mowat after he left for West Bromwich Albion in, in the summer brought in a few talented young midfield players um, but but not that not that experience, that leadership I was talking about with regards to Doncaster Rovers. And in terms of the two two lone players, players they, they signed, I mean, uh, Amina Bassi and uh, Dominique Sakrina, both uh, talented young midfield players, more more of the same. You know, they, they just needed, you know, even someone like Adam Clayton, who went to Doncaster Rovers mm. uh, in League One, you, you feel like he could have added something to this, to this midfield you know they, they had one of their own out on loan in Herbie Kane and, and for, for various reasons and I think I think part of it was it was quite a complicated deal to bring him back but for various reasons decided not to not to bring him back from his his loan from Oxford and yeah it just feels like it just feels like they've not done enough it does it does feel as you say like they're they're a bit accepting of their fate um, you know they've 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 really they've really sat on their hands when that shouldn't have been an option yeah. um, with the with the position they're staring at. So I do I do fear for for Barnsley from this from this point onwards.
0: Mm. And I mean, like we were saying with regards to um, Doncaster, <clears throat> um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they actually. Not only finish this season, but kick off next, which unfortunately, in my eyes, looks like it's going to be done in uh, League One. Because again, for for the Barnsley faithful, this time, for, for them to have to sort of, like like you said, go back to the drawing board and start afresh, that that will be a real, r- really, really bad pain for them.
1: Mm, well, you know, in t- in terms of in terms of staying up, or you know, to go back to the con- Doncaster conversation, even just going down with a bit of fight mm. they're going to need the fans on their side yep. so they 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 needed to just give them something to cling to in this transfer window I say Doncaster did that and you know we, we might look back in May and say well yes they made all these signings but actually they, they weren't good enough for signings or they didn't address the issues or whatever but at, at least it was a message to the fans that we are going to try and give this a go. Barnsley haven't even done that so it's going to be really. It's going to be really difficult. We, you know, we, it's been fractious at Oakwell in in recent months, and understandably so. You know, they're very unhappy with the ownership. You know, we've seen we've seen issues in the in the crowd with the stewards the other week. We've seen we even saw a fallout with Corley Woodrow earlier in the season. Um, they really, they really need to get them on side and and. It's not going to come through the transfer market now, so I suppose the only way it's going to come is by those players really showing some fight and showing that they, you know, they they, they really want to want to play for the shirt. But at the moment, they're just heading out of that division with a with a real whimper, and it's it's quite depressing to
0: see. Mm, definitely. And um, next, we turn to Huddersfield Town. Um, the Terriers have loaned. Um, a number of players out and brought in uh, the unattached Jamal Blackman uh, and following a one-all draw at home to Stoke City um, are sitting just outside the playoff places have they done enough <clears throat> uh, to make a difference um, and to basically complete that push for, for promotion um, well for, for playoffs and possibly uh, promotion this season sure?
1: I think they found a very good transfer window actually I think um, I think if we were talking you know, a day before the deadline, we might be a bit I'm not sure, but they 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 were in that Rotherham position where they would essentially got a good foundation. Okay, there were there were plenty of areas you could improve, obviously, um, but they were sort of working within financial reality. So it was a, a case of of whether anything came up. And on transfer deadline day, two things came up. Um, they were able to re-sign Carol Eiting, who was. Outstanding in the first half of his uh, lone season last season before uh, knee surgery caught up with him, and Tina Arjoran who's um, you know a highly rated uh, Chelsea attacking midfield player, and you know if, if the impact Levi Colwell has made Huddersfields Huddersfield uh, this season is anything to go by, then then that's one to get excited about. I think I think you know in a perfect world I think they'd have probably signed another centre forward who they could be confident of getting goals from because at the moment their backup options to Danny Ward Jordan Rhodes and Fraser Campbell aren't scoring goals this season but we're not in an ideal world as I say you, they do have to work within the bounds of financial reality and at least Enduring and Jordan and Aitem are both players who should give them a bit more attacking thrust from midfield um, and Joy tends to tends to play wide as a ten, so he'll probably play in the sort of Csanani Corona Holmes role, I guess, once he settles in, he's actually recovering from a, a a foot he broke in November at the moment, so he certainly won't be an instant impact. Mm-hmm. I think we can maybe be optimi- optimistic of a quicker impact because obviously he knows the club, he'd be playing regularly for game this season. And he's you know, to use the sort of uh, buzzwords at the moment, he's sort of a number eight type midfielder in terms of his best position. He can play further forward or further back, but I think he can add something to the midfield. So, yeah, I think, I think they've had a, I think they've had a a really good window. Whether they'll have enough to make the playoffs, not sure because there's some, you know, there's some big clubs starting to get their acts together, who are looking ominous now in terms of in terms of making the players but Huddersfield are in that picture and as long as they're in that picture uh they've got the chance uh like I said with Harrogate I think I think when you look at the last what four seasons have been relegation battles of one type or another I think a top half finish for Huddersfield is a good season Hmm. I think come May we will be saying they've had a good season there's a chance we might be saying they've had a very good season yeah yeah
0: Next we turn to Hull City Um, The Tigers made it three wins On the bounce uh, With a good victory against Swansea And are now 12 points clear Of the bottom three Which is really important for them Um, New manager Shota Arveladze Must have been pleased With the team's performance And with uh, Reagan Slater And three others uh, Well Three other players um, Coming in Uh, Will it be a question of consolidation For the rest of the season Stuart?
1: Um well, if you listen to the owner, it won't. Um, he, he was talking before the Swansea game about he's still not giving up on the playoffs. So there's certainly going to be no lack of pressure on on other. say in terms of uh, in terms of expectation. Uh, in reality, I think this is another one to go back to what I've said. This is about teeing up next season, really, with uh, with the way, the, the way they've gone. Uh, and I'm not sure, actually, if they haven't got slightly lucky with the with the timing of, of the takeover. Maybe things would have panned out this way anyway, but I think, obviously, Ajahn Ilajali would have been itching to buy the club as early in January as possible so that he, he could make as much an impact as possible in the, in the transfer window. But as it as it turned out, you know, he ended up with a very short window in which to do something. And I think maybe signing four players on deadline day was probably about the right number. I think I think you know. Let loose with a couple more weeks. There's there's the danger they might have tried to do too much. Um, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they'd have understood because I, th- I think, in fairness to them, I think the signings they've made have been quite intelligent as well. Um, I was a little bit concerned that we might see this influx of players from the continent who were good players, but obviously would need time to adapt. Well. They've they've gone ahead and, and, and made the signing of of Regan Slater, which is which is one that Grant McCann had had lined up. They've obviously recognised that was a good idea and brought him in. They've made Ryan Longman's uh, loan move permanent, which is a which is a big coup because he's been tremendous for them since he's uh, since he found his feet after after COVID and and the injury that he thought was a, a knock on effect from that. They've signed Marcus Foss from Brentford, so again he's another player who understands. The level and 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 uh, and the demands of English football, and he signed Liam Walsh, um, who actually hit the post in that uh, Swansea game for Swansea from a for a brilliant free kick. So they, they've they've got players who who know what you know know what they're coming into, should be able to adapt fairly soon. And then on top of that, they've got. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Almost certainly not. Alaia uh, <laughs> uh who's an Iranian forward who's coming from uh, from Fenerbahce. The, the fact that he's the he's the only one who's coming now f- to that sort of uh, f- from overseas. Hopefully that they can buy him a bit of time to uh, to to settle in and find his feet. And then I would expect in the summer that we would see quite a few more of these sort of signings. And I think I think that's the right time to make it. So yeah, I think obviously optimism about the place. Um, fans are just, to be frank, so glad to see the back of the Allen family and and to see a new face in Eljarian and he's come in. He's made all the right noises. He's talked about wanting to play attractive football. You know, he's talked about uh, cutting the ticket prices for children and seniors. He's talked about trying to fill the stadium. Uh, you know, he's 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 being ambitious. So I think this is just about whole having as good a second half of the season as they can and seeing where seeing where it takes them. Um you certainly you can never rule out the playoffs for for any team really, maybe apart from Barnsley at the moment in the championship, um in January. That's that's the that's the that's the nature of the playoffs. Um but I don't think they should put themselves under too much pressure to do it. I think they should just go out and have fun, you know, I mean, the fans just want to get back into that stadium and just enjoy watching Hull again and hopefully they can play football and get results that just adds to that enjoyment and and things can snowball
0: from there. Yeah, definitely. And um, next we turn to Shuffled United. Uh, Most notably the Blades uh, brought in Adam Davis from Stoke for a quarter of a million pounds. and recorded their second consecutive win in their 2-0 victory over peterborough united uh, during which billy sharp became the championship's all-time leading goalscorer um they now sit two wins outside the playoff places um do you see them uh, carrying on their positive run and what do you think about um billy sharp's achievement
1: oh well, i mean billy sharp's achievement tremendous and just
0: shows his his longevity
1: um which is you know certainly not something to be underestimated uh obviously we know how much he loves the football club he's, he's kind of one of those players who you can you kind of feel from time to time managers sort of uh, look to move on from just because of the numbers on his birth certificate as much as anything i suppose and then end up realizing that actually he's absolutely essential to them and and, and he's you know he certainly is um he's a He's a, he's a a big part of, of that football club and will go down as a big part of its history and it's it's good that he's got that got that record to back it up and I'm sure there'll be there be others to come before he retires. Um, in terms in terms of the transfer window, I think they were another club that didn't need too much to do too much, but I do think that they needed to do little bits. I think I think on paper, I think the players were good enough and experienced enough at championship level to get them back up it was just that the squad was a little bit unbalanced and just in my mind just needed a bit of refreshing Mm -hmm. um, you know after the sort of um, hangover of of relegation last season so I think they've struck a good balance in in that respect you know to to get Adam Davies in and to uh, you know they've, they've let two two goalkeepers go Robin Olsen and Michael Verrips. I think that sort of Made a bit of financial sense to say as as mentioned earlier, financial reality's got to come into it too, and the board was clearly looking to to bring a bit of money in um so they, I think they've done well in that respect. I'm pleased that they brought Daniel Jebison back, and that's allowed them to to move on you know a couple more strikers on loan. Oli Burke has gone out, Lee Musset has gone out, and that's that's probably going to be the last we see of him playing for Sheffield United. Uh, Adelino Guerreiro has been been moved on after he was essentially a a Slavisa so signing. Once Ikanovic went, his his days were always numbered. Um, and Charlie Good coming in just gives them a little bit more uh, defensive strength because, say, they were they were heavily weighted at the, at the top end of the field. So hopefully they've got a good balance now. Um, it felt like, obviously, all the postponements of December, which were not. Not their fault. I mean not anyone's fault. We're talking about we're talking about COVID here, but you know, most of most of the call-offs came from the opposition end. Uh, it felt like that took a bit of momentum out of their season, but um, you know, the congested fixture list we're gonna have between now and the end of the season, there is opportunity to get that momentum back up to do what, you know, Middlesbrough, for example, um, have been uh, have been doing since Chris Wilder got in.
0: Uh, yeah, it's all to play for for them, really. Mm, definitely. And uh, speaking of Chris Wilder, um, we turn now to Middlesbrough. Um, as well as bringing in players for undisclosed fees, um, Borough have brought in Florian uh, Balogun from uh, from Arsenal on loan. Um, with a good home win against Coventry, they now sit in the playoff positions. Um, will Chris Wilder be feeling confident about the um, the final half of the season? Sure, I'm,
1: I'm sure he will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's. He's been backed. Um, Neil Warnock, when he left, said the, the next manager would be backed, and, and he has been backed. We, you know, we we know what a good chairman Steve Gibson is, and, and when he sort of senses an opportunity, he'll always he'll always get behind his his manager in the transfer market. I think he'd be pleased with the business he's done, and he's obviously building from a position of strength because the team had, had got uh, a momentum and a winning mentality, you know, before. Before the transfer window opened, um, he's been able to move out a few, which you know is important as well. Uh, you know, you, you you always have to do that, not just for not just for financial reasons, but just for the the sort of balance of the squad in terms of uh, in terms of spirit and morale. You don't you don't want too many players kicking around, knowing they're not going to be going to be playing football. And yeah, I think I think it's all positive for Middlesbrough. I think. Uh, I think you know they've put themselves right in the playoff picture, and you know from here you would think they've got a very good chance of of, uh, of, of going up through the playoffs.
0: Hmm. And uh, finally, we head to the Premier League uh, with Leeds United. Um, in spite of quite a lot of talk, uh, there's been very little activity from the Whites this window. Um, given the state of their injury list. Have fans got a right to feel somewhat concerned, or sh- should the um, belief in Bielsa, uh, Victor Orta, and Andrea st- uh stay strong? Stuart.
1: Well, I guess I guess that is the question. I mean, you've 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 very well put, put both <coughs> both sides of the argument. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, it, it definitely has been a disappointing transfer window for for Leeds United. I mean, they wanted to sign uh, a midfielder, but couldn't find anyone who met Bielsa's requirements, you know, within within the sort of uh, price bracket they were willing to pace. So, you know, it, that tells you that they're not as strong as they, they they would want to be. Bielsa didn't want Cody Drame to go out on loan, but as soon as he said he wanted to go out on loan, he felt there was no point in keeping them, so that's weakening them again. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, you know, I think what Leeds are doing is built on good principles. You know, the the principle that they they want to keep a tight squad so that they've got players who understand Bielsa's methods and that will allow the young players that they are producing and signing to, um, to, to come through and get their opportunity. That's something to be welcomed. You know, the fact that they're not prepared to buy players just for the sake of it, that's to be welcomed. The fact that they're not prepared to overpay again that that's a positive thing but there is that element of pragmatism as well and you know they're they're taking a risk with the size of the squad they've got it's a risk that has come back to bite them in the first half of the season just because of the number of injuries they've had Mm. who knows what exactly the injury situation is going to be in the second half of the season they they got lucky with it last season they got lucky with it the season before so it can work and that's you know when you say about having faith in the methods, that that's the reason to have, to have faith in the methods. But you know, the, the the pessimist in people, the pessimist in me, will look at it and say, well, you know, if you got lucky twice, you're pushing your luck, trying trying it a third time, sort of thing. So it's it's a very it's a very delicate position they're in. I mean, fortunately, they've they've got a bit of a cushion to the relegation zone now. Would have been nice if they'd had a bigger cushion after beating Newcastle United. I, I think they've got enough to stay up. Um, You know, just, just, just wanting to stay up probably shouldn't cut it at a a club like Leeds United. But, you know, on the other hand, when they've had all those injuries, maybe, maybe they just have to accept that. But I, I, I just feel they could do with more depth. I feel there's been, there's been times in games this season where obviously they've been, they've been trailing and they haven't had the players on the bench to change a game. You know, they've got, We've had players on the bench, who two or three years time might be able to change a Premier League game, um, but not right now. And I think I think those principles Leeds are working to are a lot easier if you're Manchester City. You've also got a small squad, and who also, you know, don't go signing players if uh, if they don't need them or if they. are if in the case of Harry Kane, they, they they cost too much, but it's a lot easier to do that when when you're top of the league than when you're in a relegation battle. So I think I think they need to I think they need to address this in the summer. I think they need to sort of make up for some of the signings that they perhaps should have made in this window and others. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully hopefully they'll be doing that. I think they will be doing that from from the Premier League, and and that's the main thing. And, and you know the, the good thing about this policy is those those young players are going to get minutes it's going to accelerate their um, their development and as I say a few years down the line they should have an awful lot of good players to choose from because you know the likes of Joe gelhardt and Sam Greenwood and and Leo helder and Charlie Cresswell and Cody Dray if he comes back and and you know is is reintegrated all all or at least most of these players should turn into, into good
0: players for the future, but it's balanced right with the present, I think.
1: YorkshirePost.co.uk
0: Many thanks to Stuart Rayner, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.